Our theme, our theme today is what can becoming filled with the Holy Spirit do for you? What can becoming filled with the Holy Spirit do for you? I shared part one of this message with you last week. Last week was Pentecost Sunday. And we discovered some beautiful, marvelous, enriching truths. We'll just review them briefly in a moment here. And then we want to move into additional truths as to what happens and, and uh, how becoming filled with the Holy Spirit can do some beautiful things in each one of us. So in part one, we talked about how becoming filled with the Holy Spirit results in you and me experiencing a pure heart. If we could just correct that number one on the big screen, please, I'd appreciate it. Results in in you and me experiencing a pure heart. Amen? And then we talked about how becoming filled with the Holy Spirit helps us to better witness for Jesus. And then thirdly, we discovered how becoming filled with the Holy Spirit helps us to have a deeper hunger for the things of the Lord. And then fourthly, we talked about how the fullness of the Spirit helps us to experience more miraculous signs and wonders. And these truths all came from Acts chapter two. And so if you haven't turned to Acts two as yet, please do so. Now we go into part two, into part two, where we'll discover more wonderful truths from Acts chapter two and in a few minutes from Galatians chapter five as well. So, In Acts 2, we want to focus starting at verse 42. And this is after the believers have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Earlier in in chapter 2, in verse 4, for example, it says, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. So this this is shortly after this tremendous experience on the day of Pentecost. And at verse 42 it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Well, my friends, as we focus on this passage of Scripture at the present moment, I want to invite you to to really focus on this first truth for this part two message. This first truth is this. Becoming filled with the Holy Spirit results in a heart that hungers 
for harmony. A heart that hungers for harmony. This truth comes from verse 44 where it says, all the believers met together, all the believers met together in one place. The NIV Study Bible, if you have one of those, the NIV Study Bible says, this is referring to the unity, the unity of the early church, the unity of the, the believers who were just filled with the Holy Spirit. In Romans 12, verse 16, it says, live in harmony with each other. In Colossians 3, verse 15, we read, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Amen? In fact, Jesus prayed in the high priestly prayer recorded in John 17, verse 23, we read, may they, Jesus prayed, may they, and that's us, that's us, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. Those are the words of our Lord Jesus. The Lord wants us, he wants you and me, to, to hunger for harmony, each one of us. But let's be realistic. Let's be realistic, shall we? The truth is, we are all different. We're all different. Many of us come from different cultural and various racial backgrounds. We have different educational backgrounds. We have different recreational interests. We have a, a lot of differences, don't we? Yeah, we have a lot of similarities, but we also have a lot of differences. When we speak of differences, for example, uh, in terms of recreational interests, here's a little example. Many of us, many of you here, are, are real basketball fans. That's true, says someone. And, and, and some of you, some of you if, you, if you were able to get tickets to see the Toronto Raptors play the Cleveland Cavaliers in the playoffs, you probably would be happy. You'd be happy to pay 200 or 300 or even $400 a ticket, right? Some of you, some of you, not all of you, okay? Some of you wouldn't hesitate because it's a high priority for you, something that you, you, you're really excited about. It's just the way you're wired. Then there are others of you. There are others of you who, for whom basketball means very little. And, uh, and you might think that someone has to be crazy to pay 200 or 300 or $400 for a basketball playoff ticket. <laughs> Especially when you can watch it on TV. I think, I think that was our associate pastor's mom <laughs> with the amen, all right? I, I'm just pointing out a little example of, of one area where we can be so different. Isn't that true? Okay. Um, occasionally, occasionally when I'm grocery shopping, if I see the price on tripe, T-R-I-P-E. If I see the price on tripe to be reasonable, I'll buy one or two packages. If the price is really good, I'll buy a third package. 
Now, some of you, some of you are thinking, what is tripe, <laughs> right? And to prevent you from grabbing your phone and, and, and asking Google for what tripe is, I, I'll just tell you, okay? Tripe, tripe is the edible lining from a cow's stomach. Thought that'll bless some of you. That, that's what it is, it's basically the cow's stomach. Now, some of you, some of you are thinking, you're thinking, yuck. Isn't that true? Yes. Go, go ahead and say it with me. Yuck. All right. That's how some of you are thinking. But others, others of you are thinking, others of you are thinking, you know, Pastor Nick, you have such good taste. Isn't that right? Some of you are thinking, say it with me. Pastor Nick, you have such good taste taste, and the, and the you have good taste people went out, <laughs> all, all right? But, but that's how different, that's how different we can be. Isn't that true? Uh, I'll have to be honest with you, when I, when I buy tripe, when I buy tripe, usually I'll, I'll, I'll cut it up and fry it up with various spices, or sometimes I'll boil it to make a very nice, beautiful, delicious, outstanding, fantastic soup. Yes, sir, says one of the men. Now, most times, most times, I deliberately try to cook tripe only when my wife is either sleeping <laughs> or she's not home. This is true. Sometimes I'm cooking it and she comes home, I think, oh, your timing is off, woman. Okay? So now, why, why do I tr cook tripe when she's not around? Well, because, because um, like some of you, when I speak of tripe, she also thinks yuck. That's what happens. And so I try to be considerate and not cook it when she's around. My wife, my wife is going to be away at ladies' retreat next weekend. <laughs> And so, and so if you find a store that's selling tripe at a reasonable price, phone me up and tell me so I can have a tripe feast next weekend, okay? All right? In fact, men, 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 send your wife. Send your wife to, wife, to, uh, to ladies' retreat next weekend so you can cook tripe. All right? Okay. A few years ago, I'm just kind of showing you how, how different we can be, right? Which can make it an extra challenge to, to live in harmony. A few years ago, when, when my wife and I were on vacation, we went on a nice cruise, and I read in the ship's flyer that at such and such a time, there was going to be an art auction. How many of you have you know, seen some of those art auctions? Yeah, some of you have, okay. This was kind of a new thing to me. I thought, an art auction. I really didn't know anything about what they did except that I assumed that people would bid on, on some particular paintings. So I, I went to the art auction not intending to buy anything but just thought, I wonder how this thing goes. And also, I'm always interested in seeing pretty paintings, beautiful paintings. But I was really surprised about what happened. Because as far as I knew, most of us, most of us paid probably 
six or seven or maybe $800 for this, uh, for this cruise. You know, six or seven hundred dollars per person for a week's cruise for the beautiful accommodations in a cabin. Uh, all the food you could eat, all the food you could eat. I remember Michael Alfred some years ago, first time he went on a cruise, he came back and said, Pastor Nick, you gotta go on a cruise. I said, why, Mike? He says, man, he says, you can eat all the pizza you want two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Do you remember, Michael? <laughs> anyway, anyway, so, you know, we paid six, $700, whatever it was, for a week per person for this lovely cruise, and they took us to three or four different islands destinations. So, you know, most of us probably chose that cruise because it was reasonably priced. So I go to this um, art auction, and I was shocked. I was shocked because here I discovered, I, I discovered some people were paying fifteen to $25,000 for a piece of art that I didn't even know about and that I didn't even like. You know? And I thought, what are these people doing? They paid $600 for the cruise and now they're spending $25,000 on a piece of art that I don't even like? Well, what am I saying? What I'm saying, my friends, is, I mean, what, what they were doing was their business. I had nothing against it. I want you to know that, right? But what I'm saying is, I'm pointing out how different, how different we, we can be. And with all those, with all those um, differences, it presents the extra challenge of, of, of harmony, of harmony, of unity, in our home, at, at work, at school, at church, you know? I mean, before I was married, before I was married, if I knew about all this food stuff, I, I, I would have said, Cindy, how do you feel about tripe? <laughs> you know, we gotta discuss this. All right? So how, how can we better live in unity and harmony, at, at home, at work, at school, at church, wherever it is. Well, there is the human component now, right? There is the human component where you and I must make the effort. We must make the effort to live, work, worship in harmony. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four, verse three says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, building yourselves together Binding yourselves together with peace, okay? So the Bible says, make every effort. But in addition, in addition to you and me making every effort, you and I also and especially need the fullness of the Holy Spirit at work inside of us, right? Are you with me now? We need the fullness of God's Holy Spirit at work inside of us. And so the question is, have you experienced the fullness of God's Holy Spirit? If you have, great. If as yet you have not experienced the fullness of the Holy Spirit, Today, you can pray, you can cry out to the Lord, you can reach out to him and say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, 
fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want and I need the presence and the fullness of your Holy Spirit to work inside of me to bring about a heart of harmony. Right? Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen. There's a second truth I want to draw your attention to, and it is this. Becoming filled with the Holy Spirit results in a heart that is unselfish and generous. Unselfish and generous. This truth comes from verses 44 and 45 where we read, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. The, uh, the application Bible, the application study Bible makes some beautiful comments about verse 44. If you have an application study Bible, you'll see it says this. It says, recognizing the other believers as brothers and sisters in the family of God, the Christians in Jerusalem shared all they had so that all could benefit from God's gifts. It is tempting, this author says, it is tempting, especially if we have material wealth, it is tempting to cut ourselves off from one another, concerning ourselves with only our interests, our interests, and enjoying only our own little piece of the world. But as part of God's spiritual family, it is our responsibility to help one another in every way possible. Amen? It is our responsibility to help one another in every way possible. Becoming filled with the Holy Spirit results in a heart that is unselfish and generous. Question, how would you describe your own heart, that is your own inward nature, your makeup, how would you describe your own heart? I want to thank the many of you who for years, sincerely speaking, I want to thank the many of you who for years have been unselfish and generous, generous towards others, and you've been generous with your time, your talent, and your giving to our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family. We recently finished our church fiscal year and praise God, we finished the fiscal year with all of our financial obligations met. Amen? We paid our church mortgages every month. Uh, we, we were up to date on our hydro and the heating bills. One of these times, I'm gonna maybe print in the bulletin for you, just this past year, how much all the hydro costs for one year, the hydro and the, the gas, and sometimes I put that in the bulletin so you can see. But the, the, the good news is, we've managed to keep up with all of our responsibilities. We surpassed our world missions giving goal, and we gave very generously to Canada Central District to help support other struggling churches in Ontario, and, and, and from those gifts, our, our, our university in Calgary is assisted, and uh, others are helped. In the next couple of weeks, many of you will be bringing clothes. You'll be bringing clothes for Perfect Fit. 
the Saturday when people will be able to come to the church and pick out some brand new or slightly used clothing. Thank you, thank you to the many of you who have already brought some clothes and others of you who will do donate generous clothes in the next couple of weeks. And um, by the way, we were looking, we were looking for a, a good bed and mattress for a family that needs one. Pastor Lisa, do we have, have we found one yet? Okay, if you, if you got a, a nice bed and mattress, uh, write me a little note or hand it to Pastor Lisa so that we can, we can pick that up from you so we can help a family that needs a, a bed and a mattress. And as I've been expressing appreciation to the many of you who have been unselfish and generous in various ways, some of you, some of you might be saying to yourself, well, you know, truthfully, truthfully, I'm not, I'm not unselfish. Some of you are maybe saying to yourself, you know, the pastor, the truth is I'm not generous. Well, the good news is this. The good news is you can pray. You can pray to experience the fullness of the Spirit of God who will, who will transform you, who will help you to become unselfish and generous in beautiful ways, in ways that you never thought of. Amen? The fullness of the Holy Spirit does that. Just before we move to our next truth, I... I want to tell you, I want to tell you a little joke. I got to try to keep up with Pastor Lisa. A wife, a wife said to her husband, she said, quick, Henry, call the doctor. Johnny just swallowed a nickel. The father replied, I think we ought to send for the minister. He can get money out of anybody. <laughs> okay, here's our third truth. Our third truth. Becoming filled with the Holy Spirit creates a heart that is eager to worship the Lord. And this truth came to my mind out of verses 46 and 47. Why don't you read, read it in unison with me from the big screen. They worship together at the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God. All the while praising God. Psalm 29, verse two says, worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Psalm 95, verse six says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. Come, let us worship. Amen. The preacher of years ago, Charles Spurgeon, said, wash your face every morning in a bath of praise. Isn't that beautiful? Wash your face every morning in a bath of praise. And the theologian, the theologian Karl Barth said, Christian worship is the most momentous, the most urgent, the most glorious action that can, that can take place in human life. And Reverend Tozer, a few, of you, a few of you might remember many years ago, Reverend Tozer was the minister of the Avenue Road Alliance Church, which eventually became the Bayview Glen Alliance Church. But years ago, Reverend Tozer was the minister of the 
Avenue Road Alliance Church, and he wrote some beautiful books. In one of them, he says, Jesus, Jesus was born of a virgin, suffered under Pontius Pilate, died on a cross, and rose from the grave to make worshipers out of rebels. He did all that. Jesus did all that to make worshipers out of rebels. Amen. May the Holy Spirit fill you and me and create a heart. Create a heart that is eager to worship the Lord. Amen? And here's a fourth beautiful truth. Becoming filled with the Holy Spirit produces greater fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I take you now to Galatians 5, 22, 23, where we have those beautiful words. Read them in unison with me, please. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Praise God. Becoming filled with the Holy Spirit produces fruit such as we've just read about. And so, my friends, I say to you, whether you're younger or older, whether you are new in the faith or whether you should just start into the faith or whether you've been on the faith journey for many years, I want to encourage all of us to have a hunger, a longing to be filled and to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? We want to, we need to hunger for the presence of the Lord in our life, in all that we do, in all that we say, in all that we live out. Let it be so. Reflect on these four truths we've just shared. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just stand as our musicians come forward. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, congregation, stand, please. Results in a heart that hungers for harmony. A heart that is unselfish and generous. A heart that is eager to worship the Lord. A heart that produces greater fruit of the Holy Spirit. As we sing this beautiful song, Perhaps, perhaps it would help you to spend some moments in prayer, kneeling or standing around the altar. Perhaps it'll help you to say, yes, Lord, I long, I long for the infilling of your Holy Spirit. Or if you've already cried out and have been filled with the Spirit, you want to pray and say, Lord, I know I, I need to stay close to you I need to stay close to you, Lord, because I want to remain and keep being filled. And Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the tense, the tense of the verb that is used there is really keep being filled. Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. We go through so many different experiences in life that challenge us, that sometimes hurt us, 
that sometimes, that sometimes make it difficult to have the Holy Spirit really occupy our life and, and be in full control. And we have to say, Lord, I seek to remain filled with your Spirit. And how grateful we are to know that you, by your grace and mercy, are able to fill each one of us with your Holy Spirit. Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen. Let it happen. And may you renew and revive us and keep us filled with your Spirit day by day, week by week, so that we can indeed honor and glorify your name. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Amen.